Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Shalom Yehudim, Shalom Lebenei Noach, Shalom Megoyim, it's the evening of the fourth day. El Kaf Ches B'Chodesh Shvat, Parashash Mishpotim, Kaf Shin Pei Dallas 5784, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, February 6, 2024. You're listening to Phantom Nation, a.k.a. the program program coming to you from the state of the post-Jewish Zionists, built, now shaken and bleeding, for their philosophy's defects. And I prefer the term philosophy over ideology when thinking of Zionism, for philosophy is a Greek concept, meaning love of wisdom. When Jews don't love wisdom, they love the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who became Israel, he who strives with God. For the godless post-religious Zionists were largely atheists who produced the national iconic new Jew sub, Ramosha Dayan, who climaxed Zionist history when he sneered at the Temple Mountain and handed it back to the sons of Ishmael, that wild ass of a lunatic hater of Jews. And lunatic does fit this culture. One of the symbols of Islam that one sees on national flags uh, is the uh, crescent moon. You also see it atop mosques, which in fact is an object, a crescent moon that is half in the light, half in darkness. It produces no light. It only reflects light. It's a dead world. They chose the moon as their symbol, and it's no accident that the moon has long been associated with madness, lunacy, to which the Zionist philosophers paid no attention. I have all my life supported Israel, the state, but I'm not a Zionist because they wanted not only a Jewish majority born-again state, they sneered at the Jewish religion. When sneering at religion, uh, Christianity in the 18th century came into fashion, the, the name, the Enlightenment, was verbal camouflage for the loss of faith in Christianity among the chattering classes in Europe, and uh, the assimilating, emancipated Jews watched and learned from them. And so their spiritual great-grandchildren these days have for a leader uh, someone who lacks passion for the Jewish people, distinguished in the world for defining their nationhood not by land it lives on, but its lifestyle. Throughout history... Uh, Gentiles who lived within the vicinity of Jews but knew nothing of the religion did know that they did not work on Saturdays and they don't eat pigs. They were known for their way of life. And not until the last century was there such a thing as a secular Jew versus Zionism's post-religious ruling class exemplified by the Prime Minister, Binyamin ben Benzion, whose historian father turned his back on the religion and produced a son whose Two major related sins are being unable to remind the world that the UN Charter affirms Gaza as Jewish land, and secondly, his inability to shamelessly claim that Gaza is our land and we want these homicidal maniacs off our land. And uh, within our famous humanitarian reflexes, we want to see a humane transfer of these maniacs out of Gaza. That is, uh, and it is known in history, such transfers are common in history at the end of wars. Commonly, wars end with victors and losers. Territorially speaking, one gets more land and takes it away from the loser, who loses land. National boundaries are moved 
And people living in the vicinity of these new boundaries can either accept the fate that they have become residents without moving into another country, or they can move and rejoin their nation on the other side of the new boundary. And so it is neither inhumane for Jews to ask these maniacs to get off our land. Instead, Bibi demands full Israeli security control of Gaza. And I say, why don't you just use the word sovereignty? But he is incapable of speaking that way because he doesn't want the Gentiles to think Israel uh, has any imperialist appetite for expanding his colonial empire. By greedily claiming the Gaza Strip, which every enlightened person knows belongs to the ancient Palestinians. More than once, uh, the latest Jew boy in the position of Secretary of State has said that after the war, Israel must not retain even a square millimeter of Gaza. Israel also must allow the ancient ones who fled to return home and, in effect, restore the status quo ante October 6, the day before these Muslim demons erupted and exposed the truth of the essence of Islam as a religion that licenses and encourages the slaughter of people who think differently about uh, things metaphysical. And not just the slaughter, but the cruelty, the orgy of sadistic and perverted sexuality by these Muslims. Uh, this also, though, borders on a kind of divine revelation about them for, for those ready to see it. Israel rightly, under Netanyahu, is committed to killing all Hamas members as a goal, for they are humanoid monsters, all of them guilty of satanic anti-Semitic crimes. But what do you do afterwards? For guaranteed, in another generation after you get rid of all of these Hamas people, there will arise another Hamas-like group. Because what of what is known of Arab history is its changelessness. For thousands of years of Arab-Muslim life, which begins in the Torah, uh, shows that the Arabs today are the same antediluvian remnants of man before the flood, unchanged, what Bibi wrestles with is his own intelligence and his secular Zionist ideology, according to which the state of the Jews reborn would not be a religious theocracy, but an enlightened modern state. It would not be a place to say, God gave us this land, and that's why we're here. No, not Bibi. You have a ruling class incapable of telling the world that the two-state solution was the handiwork of anti-Jew atheist Jews who thought that if they hand Samaria and Judea back to the Arabs, Judea, you know, the very source of the name of this ancient nation, source of the, of the name of its religion, the Arabs will be satisfied, happy to be given that. Judea and Samaria and Gaza uh, will become a state, and the two peoples will live side by side in peaceful, friendly, mutually respectful relations. This is what the atheistic deep thinkers Rabin, Perez, and Balin thought. Today, it was uh, heartwarming to see hundreds of Israelis make the trek, it's a long drive for most of Israel, down to the Kerem Shalom border crossing to literally once again with their bodies block truck traffic into the Strip carrying supplies for the enemy. And they succeeded today, I think. When one may say that Bibi has no choice to supply the enemy since Ehud Barak, his arch enemy, about whom he says never a word, uh, stripped Israel of uh, the ability to manufacture weapons, arguably an act of treason. On the other hand, Netanyahu uh, has continued the Israeli practice of decades under six different prime ministers 
of daily keeping the enemy alive in Gaza, which Israeli leftists likely preen themselves on. This is the enemy who fires rockets into Israeli homes and destroys these homes, whose rockets, in truth, do less damage to property and to people than the sirens that rouse hundreds of thousands of Jews from their beds in the dead of night, traumatizing a generation of children in Zderot environs. Israel has been doing this for decades. And one factor is their inability to tell the world, hey, this is our land, and we are under no obligation to tolerate this behavior by the people next door. What other nation has to put up with nonsense like this, firing missiles into downtown Zderot? We have the right, if it comes to that, to drive these people into the Mediterranean Sea if that's what it takes to end this behavior. It's a, f- a form of a Jew baiting, like uh, bear baiting in entertainment in 16th century England, torturing bears for fun. Uh, the world expects Israel to tolerate this behavior because Israel is, you know, guilty for the existence of these dreadful refugee camps now 76 years on. Gaza has for all this time been a place to visit by neophyte journalists and diplomats assigned to Israel. They come and they see the slums in Gaza and they are told by the locals, this is the fault of the Jews. And by refusing to claim sovereignty, the post-religious Israeli exercises his desire to be at one with the Gentiles by seeing the plight of Palestinians as a result of Jewish guilt. By never claiming the Gaza Strip as Israeli land, Israel inadvertently admits to its guilt for causing this homeless and stateless people to live in poverty. Will the Goyim object to Israel's claim? Of course. So what else is new? Fos mis vada sale o ma 
אצל רבי נחמן. That was Sinai Aviel. There was a good piece on the Israel National News site today about the leader of a protest movement. We don't have enough of them. This one, uh, uh, a reserve officer supporting total victory that should include territorial gains. Overall, uh, Lieutenant Matan Wiesel says, areas where we fought and now empty of IDF are being repopulated by terrorists who sort of like my words, whack-a-mole, they pop up from these thousands of holes in the ground and shoot, and have killed IDF doing that. He says, without a permanent presence of IDF, these areas will revert and return to Hamas terrorists. He says, every terrorist in the Middle East must know that if he comes from a territory to murder Jews, that territory will no longer be his, close quote. To which I say, right, <laughs> precisely. Wars in history have commonly been fought over the control of territory. Chess is a game of lines of force controlling territory. American football, likewise, is over territory. When we, what we get instead here is what the U.S. knew in Vietnam days. Numbers, reports of casualties on both sides, when they are meaningless. The IDF spokesman daily reports the number of terrorists were killed as the U.S. did in Vietnam with the Viet Cong, with their body counts. Human history is a history of war and the moving of boundaries between different powers. Today, the boundaries of Germany are not those of August 1939, because on September 1st, <laughs> in, in uh, 1939, Germany ignited a war against its neighbors, overrunning them, basically declaring sovereignty over it, their neighbors, and the punishment for that aggression at the end was the loss of its territory, some 44,000 square miles, I think. The history of the United States, expanding from the initial 13 colonies on the East Coast to the West Coast, was largely the result of wars. Before the American Revolution, the colony's eastern boundary, all of them, was the Atlantic Ocean, and had territory roughly 100 miles deep moving inland to the Appalachian Mountains, 
then, as part of the peace treaty with England, the Americans took possession beyond those mountains, roughly all the way to the Mississippi, uh, that evolved into numerous states, I think like nine. President Thomas Jefferson in 1803 purchased for $15 million the vast Louisiana territory from France because Bonaparte needed more money for France's latest war with the English, from which uh, acquisition came more states. And then the Mexican War ending in 1848, that led to more states. What would be so terrible if Israel's public diplomacy included the League of Nations mandate, the UN Charter, as title deed uh, to uh, the Gaza Strip, in addition to the right of self-defense, which includes depriving an enemy on the, uh, of the land on which he attacked you? In 1967, Israel responded in self-defense to acts of war by the Jordanians in Judea and Samaria and took that territory away from them. But since 1967, the old adage, to the victor go the spoils, has been amended. Now it's to the victor go the spoils, except for the Jews, who must give back what they took from those attacking them and give them another shot at destroying their country, God forbid. Lieutenant Matan Wiesel also criticized the excessive fear of harming the civilian population. He says soldiers have been killed for that. Perhaps the uh, testimony of uh, popular actor-singer Idan Amedi and others all amazed to discover in every household in Gaza jihad material, propaganda, maps, pictures on the wall, ammunition, weapons. Vizal said, quote, My battalion entered a battle in the Dodge Tufa area and were prevented from clearing the area with artillery because there was a civilian population there. The terrorists hide in these areas and come out when it's convenient for them. We can't shoot at them because we are still stuck in the concept of ethics from before the massacre. We don't understand that we're fighting a collective close quote. Yeah, this is uh, more or less my repeating observation that Israel uses its soldiers like police SWAT teams, targeting specific bad guys in a tough neighborhood, but not the innocent bystanders in those streets. This is war, and it takes place in residential areas, not on a battlefield, and it is the ultimate evidence that the recent International Criminal Court engaged in an anti-Semitic farce in judging Israel of war crimes when every act of aggression by the Muslims in Gaza is a war crime. Every missile they have fired, tens of thousands of them, into Jewish residential communities that do not target enemy formations, that is a war crime. Every one of their aggressions that target non-combatant areas has been a war crime which the court never passes on. This is no less crazy a reality than Lewis Cowell's Wonderland. Israel, which is neurotically hyper-cautious, is the war criminal versus Hamas, whose every act of violence is criminal. I imagine because this people did not for 18 centuries have to run a state uh, and have a government and an army, it's never learned to think as a nation in possession of a state, which by definition means being having relations with neighboring states and sometimes going to war against them. The UNWA population in Gaza is there thanks to world anti-Jewry, either via financial support or uh, giving them weapons of war provided by Iran. God willing, Trump will return as president and with Israel the U.S. has to declare war on Iran, demanding a current government, the current government there to dismantle all of its nuclear works and disband, which, of course, they will not do. 
at which uh, Israel and should join the U.S. in in destroying this regime. No holds barred. They are a menace to mankind for supporting the behavior on October 7. They support terrorist plots in the West. They they played a role in 9-11. They have killed hundreds of American servicemen, and it's time America destroyed this enemy power. Last Sunday, the Prime Minister described uh, the end of the war in Gaza, which will mean, quote, the elimination of of Hamas. To achieve this goal, three things are needed, he said. Quote, the first is the collapse of Hamas battalions. We have leveled 17 of 24 of them. Most of the remaining are in the south, and we'll take care of them too. Afterward, uh, the Israeli military will have to carry out clearance operations to prevent Hamas from rebuilding its terrorist army. Close quote. Notice the self-contradiction here? He says, after we eliminate Hamas, we will have to prevent Hamas from rebuilding. Excuse me. If you eliminate them, who will then uh, be uh, a menace by a re- rebuilding? Above all, the IDF will not withdraw from Gaza, he said, before it realizes its goal of eliminating Hamas, returning all 136 hostages, and ensuring that the coastal enclave never again constitutes a threat to the Jewish state, close quote. And there you have it, never again. Claiming the power of the owner of this real estate is the only way to do that, uh, he must begin to use the term sovereignty. He says Gaza must, again, never constitute a threat to the Jewish state, and you do that by claiming the spoils of war as rightfully yours and the right to evict the UN squatters paid by world anti-Jewry to give the Jews a hard time. Which, as we saw recently, includes mass murder, mass rape, mass torture by these Muslim hyenas.
And that was the Makazarov pickup group in memory of the eight students who were uh, murdered there some years ago. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. Today we were apprised of yet another incident of anti-Jewish rallies of Jewish extraction when some IDF leftist officer ran a drill in Judea and Samaria in the event of the settlers kidnapping an ancient Palestinian holding him hostage. So angry were some of the officers and soldiers present, they walked away from the drill. This demonizing of the settlers, like Blinken and Biden, as obstacle to peace, has got to stop. Everybody and his brother has had something to say about this episode today. It is just another example of the evil spirit that animates such as Yair Gulan, who, who uh, on Holocaust uh, Remembrance Day in Israel, uh, not the UN version, he insinuated that Israelis could be Nazis against the Arabs and the territories. The same spirit that moved Ehud Barak some 25 years ago, who said if he were a Palestinian, he'd be a terrorist too. This is classic among these anti-Jew Jews who can't stand the idea of Jews being different from other people. A chosen people by a god, they believed, who does not exist, they believe. In a similar moment today, Haaretz, mouthpiece of the mixed multitude, ran an op-ed by Nibrod Aloni, son of the late notoriously obnoxious leftist Shulamit Aloni, whose headline was, let's be honest, we're no better than Hamas. This drew enough for protests to get Haaretz to change the title, but not by much. The new one was, let's be honest, the claims against our enemies are us looking in a mirror. Close quote. This is a professor of philosophy at a small college belonging to the commune kibbutz movement, I believe, is characteristic of his slice of post-religious leftist Israelis, who all their lives have cringed at being identified with Jews. His mother belonged to this uh, little group of like-minded jerks called I Am an Israeli, that name was the group was, whose purpose was to pressure the Ministry of the Interior to delete the facts uh, of them on them in their identity file, which identify them as members of the Jewish nation. They insisted their nationality is Israeli, not Jewish. I uh, once had a communist uh, Israeli girlfriend, an academic, just like her, who insisted that being Jewish meant being religious, and she was not religious, so she's not a Jew. At its worst, this kind of fractured identity can become most pathological. Evidence last month, on the 16th, when in Washington, a private GOP club, uh, at least the crazy anti-Jews on the board of directors, invited two speakers on Israel who are both so plainly off the rails, it's less angering than pathetic. One was Max Blumenthal, son of the corrupt Hillary Clinton flunky, Sidney Blumenthal, and the other was Mako Pellet, son of a former Israeli general, Mati Pellet, his father, like father, like son who will come across as virtual zombies programmed by world anti-Jewry. Blumenthal in particular, uh, so hysterically confused uh, with a Hamas demon inside of him who said the story of women being raped on October 7th was invented. It was an Israeli psyop. No women were raped. There is no evidence of that, no testimony from any rape victim. This is behavior beyond political combat. This is psychopathy of the individual in this case. 
uh, but frighteningly no less true for the generality of the Arab Muslims, thousands of them, millions of them from the river to the sea who think this way. It's a group, these Muslims, uh, in denial, uh, in denial as pathological as the Germans in the 1930s were in believing with Hitler and Goebbels and Himmler that the Jews were destroying Germany from within and had to be exterminated for the good of Germany and the whole world. Blumenthal even accused Israel of preparing Nazi-style Einsatzgruppen murder squads to massacre the Palestinians in Gaza. And Blumenthal is surely a walking zombie living, living in a fantasy world populated by evil Jews, the publicly he was in his own eyes tragically born into. But not to worry, overly, because this is a chronic feature of Jewish life, Jews who sneer at Jews like LTF, like the weirdos in J Street, I say not to worry because such types have been around as long as the sages about the year 100, who added to the central thrice daily prayers called the 18 Blessings one more paragraph, uh, which made it a 19, which was a 19th clause, but uniquely not like the others, a blessing but a curse directed at Halmashinim, the slanderers of Jews, within the Jewish people. Jew hatred is an equal opportunity. You don't have to be a Gentile to hate Jews. Jews too can be infected with the spiritual hatred of God's chosen people because their continued existence is evidence that God truly exists, which is why people hate believers in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Adon Olam, Asher Malach, Let's not. 
Azulai doing Adon Olam, which we say in the mornings and we say on Shabbos. Okay, that's it for this second webcast for the week for subscribers to www.phantom-nation.com. For access to the other two, uh, subscribe, and if you remain subscribed for a year, thereafter, no charge. Three podcasts a week, thereafter, for free. This uh, info is particularly directed at those who have logged on to this uh, podcast on Israel News Talk Radio more than three times. Help support these podcasts for a year and then no more. Until next time, I'm Shai Bentekoa. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel.